and welcome to Docupied, an intellectual podcast for the chosen ones. I'll be your host, Doc Pei. For those who don't know, Doc Pei is short for Dr. Pepper. So if you happen to have a bottle or a can, crack one open and we'll hope you enjoy. Let me tell you a little bit about myself before we get into the meat of the podcast. My name is uh, Brandon. I'm, I live in Tokyo in Japan and I currently work for an anime distributor and producer. I go by DocPay online, so feel free to call me that. I have a ton of different hobbies, really, so I'll kind of talk about whatever is most interesting at the time for me, but I would say the majority of the time I'll spend talking about either anime, manga, or something related to that. I'm aiming to have this be a weekly, bi-weekly podcast. Episodes will be about 30 minutes or so, maybe shorter. Uh, It kind of will depend on how much I have to say uh, at the time. And these kind of first three episodes I'm recording will be a beta test of sorts, um, where I'm testing things out, trying things, seeing kind of how the format works and all that. For the most part, I will be hosting this myself, but I'll bring on various guest co-hosts regularly to uh, keep things interesting for people listening. I guess I'll just jump right in and start. At work we've got a uh, a live stream event coming up on Tuesday for uh, Broke Up Raves of the Six Flowers and it's it's pretty cool. We've got um, the director and assistant director both showing up as guests. Um, so I've been you know working on materials for that uh, creating slides uh, to use during the the live stream. They send me materials for things like um, background or props or monster or weapon designs so I could create um, like the presentation to show during the live stream. So I make all those. It takes a little while but it's pretty it's pretty fun. But I gotta say, as a long-time fan of Takao Takahashi and uh, the assistant director, Hichiri Sanpei, I'm super looking forward to the event ourselves, like myself, um, you know, because of course I'll get to talk with the guests before and after the live stream a, a little bit. Plus, I'm interested in what they have to say like during the live stream. You know, I'm, I'm there in the middle of it. Uh, you know, translating, hosting, moderating chat, things like that. Uh, so it's actually kind of hard for me to focus on just enjoying the experience, if that makes sense. Uh, I kind of have too much going through my mind at any given time during it. So it's actually kind of nice to s- afterward to sit back and watch the stream again as a fan and just listen and be like, wow, that's so interesting. Um, so. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully I'll have some time to talk to both of them before they kind of disappear. Like I know they're showing up a little bit ahead of time so we can explain stuff uh, and I don't know how long they'll stick around after but it would be really great if I could talk to them a bit. Maybe I can talk about that on the next podcast I record. Uh, that would be really cool. But yeah, you know, I've loved things they've worked on. Roka, Maoyu, uh, Spice and Wolf of course. One of my favorite series. Since we also have the second episode of Pony Canyon Live going up starting next week, I've been working on that at the same time. It's been 
it's been kind of busy. You know, I make all the materials for those. Um, I plan them out. We, of course, discuss kind of general content and stuff as a group, but the formatting, the, the materials, the kind of general way we handle the live stream, uh, that's mostly my ideas are based on my experience as a longtime viewer and fan and things like that. So it can get kind of busy, but the second episode, we've got some interesting stuff planned, you know, Sound Euphonium uh, has a second season and a movie coming up. Uh, wait, the movie already is in theaters. Yeah, that started the end of last, end of April, right. But the second season, you know, that's coming later as well. It's been announced, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the new soccer anime Days, based on a, a manga of the same name. You know, I'm not big on soccer, but who knows, it's being um, adapted by Studio Mappa, and I fucking love Studio Mappa. So, looking forward to that. The guests and whatnot haven't been decided yet. Uh, things can get a little bit last minute when you're preparing for multiple different things at the same time. Because um, we're also preparing for Anime Central, which is kind of the end of this month. Actually, that's two weeks. Holy shit. But yeah, we're planning for that, making sure things go well with that since I'm going. But for the second live stream, we should have guests related to Garakawa, which was a recent movie uh, Pony Canyon produced with A1 Pictures, directed by Masashi Ishihama, who I didn't get to meet, unfortunately, but I did get to translate his kind of Q&A that went up on Crunchyroll. So if you get a chance to, or if you have seen it, um, he talks about his kind of thoughts and impressions on the in the video, um, but yeah, so I, I translated a, this Q and A and like introduction to the movie that they showed with the director Ishihama, so that was pretty cool. So yeah, we'll have someone on the show to come and talk about Karakawa. I'm also going to be attending Anime Central in two weeks. It'll just be me and Mitsushi, so that'll be kind of interesting. Uh, I went to Anime Expo last year and kind of worked the booth the whole time. This time I'll be doing the industry panel with Mitsushi, and we'll be doing some interesting stuff at the booth, hopefully, uh, related to Pony Canyon Live, maybe. Tune in, in next week to Pony Canyon Live, and maybe you'll find out what we're doing. Maybe you won't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we're actually going to announce it there or not, but, you know, I hope we do. If not, I'll talk about it later. Just keep an eye out for that. So that's enough about work. Why don't I talk a little bit more about kind of this season's anime? Uh, I'll just go over some brief impressions of this season. You don't want to spend too long talking about all, all of the shows. So I'll just talk about a couple. If there's anything I leave out, just, you know, feel free to ask me later and, you know, I'll, I'll give you an answer. Just as a warning, if you haven't seen any of the shows, I, there may be spoilers. I don't know. Probably not. I'll try not to. So why don't I start with kind of my top show for this season, and that is Joker Game. If you haven't seen it yet, it's a period uh, mystery thriller set just around and in the Second World War, focusing on a bunch of spies from this thing called the D-Agency. Basically, it's the most interesting uh, show, this most interesting and most kind of well-done show this season, uh, in my opinion. It's being adapted from a novel series by Production IG. Five episodes have aired as of the time of this recording, and each episode 
after the first two has focused on one of the spies carrying out a mission you know during world war ii things like that and it's just so compelling it's gorgeous there's no schools in sight there's no clubs you know there's no dropped in a fantasy world rpg nonsense it's interesting I'll just say I'm biased towards these kind of period pieces because I love them. Uh, it's, you know, a spy, it's mystery, it's thriller. It's pretty much got everything I'm looking for. So if you haven't watched it, check it out. So I'll move on to a series that caught me by surprise, uh, sort of. I mean, I knew about it, but it's caught me by surprise at how kind of much I'm enjoying it so far, which is Kuromukuro. Uh, and that actually is produced by Pony Canyon, so... You know, I had seen promotion materials and I'd seen some um, artwork and things like that ahead of time. You know, the script, it's actually been pretty in, pretty damn interesting. It's this mix of slice of life and mecha action. And, you know, I'm a big mecha fan. I love sci-fi, love space operas. So this is done by PA Works and I've enjoyed several of the series in the past. This one's set in uh, Kurobe or Tateyama, and I've actually been there. I can post pictures, but like it's gorgeous. PA Works is definitely doing the area justice. I went with a friend, and that dam that you see featured, you know, I've been there, walked along it, took a bunch of pictures, climbed stairs up this, <laughs> climbed a million stairs up to this goddamn observatory point. It was worth it. Totally, totally worth it. But I was exhausted by the time we got up there, my friend too. Then we had to kind of climb back down, as you would imagine. I really enjoyed it. Kurumukuro so far has been interesting. Excited to see how they blend Slice of Life and Mecha. Obviously it's not available for uh, legal streaming in the US or outside of Japan right now, but I'm in Japan so I get to watch it on Netflix guess I'll continue by talking about the other show we're producing, um, Mayuiga. And trust me, I'm not trying to shill for either of, of these, I'm just talking about them because they're airing as, as a fan. Mayuiga, I was led to believe it was more like Erased or Boku Dakigai Naimachi from last season. Um, you know, I'd read that manga before and it's kind of that suspense mystery thriller type now, I was kind of led to believe Mario or The Lost Village would be like that, and it's not. It's nothing like that. It's more like Another and Blood Sea or any kind of horror but comedy-ish type series. It's actually surprisingly interesting compared to what I thought it was. I've been enjoying it. You know, the characters are just over-the-top wacko nut jobs and... It's cause for some laughs, you know, clearly intentional laughs. You know, I don't, I don't see any other way. Like, they wouldn't be able to create this kind of atmosphere accidentally. Like, it takes a lot of skill to create this kind of perfect B-list horror movie type thing. So, you know, if, if you're on Crunchyroll and you happen to look for something to watch, it's interesting to check out. You know, the writers, Mario Kada, it's directed by Stomo Mizushima, so if you're familiar with either of those two names, then definitely, yeah, it's worth checking out, totally. Next, I'll talk about kind of my favorite classic series, which is, of course, Jojo. Now, I'm a huge Jojo fan. I love the manga, and part four is one of my favorites, uh, if not my favorite part. So I am super excited for this season. Um, I've been enjoying it so much. It's amazing. It looks amazing. Like, it's just 
so much better than part three. Um, everything about it, just so much better. And the main cast this time is just so great. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing this adapted. If you haven't watched JoJo, you haven't checked it out yet, absolutely do so. You know, it's the manliest, most fabulous anime you'll ever watch. Uh, if you also get a chance, Viz is releasing amazing kind of omnibus Jojonium releases, and they're fabulous. Hardcover and gorgeous print copies. If you're a manga collector or you want to read it or yeah basically just just get them. I want more and they just they recently announced they'd be uh, releasing part three the Jojonium releases and I'm you know obviously pre-ordered the shit out of that. I want more so you know I'm going to suggest that all of you listen and go buy them. Shameless shilling for another company I don't even work for. Yeah. Next I'll talk about another kind of Shonen Jump series, which is uh, My Hero Academia. I know what you're all thinking, ugh, Shonen, but don't. Just put that aside. Horikoshi is one of my kind of favorite newish manga artists. Love him. Been following him for years now. The first series Horikoshi did was uh, Omagodoki Zoo. It was just full of kind of interestingly designed and unique characters. I enjoyed the story. It's kind of a shame it went a little bit more of a battle story towards uh, the end to get ratings, but it ended up being canceled, and that was that was pretty unfortunate. Really enjoyed it though. And then he had his next series, Barrage, which I also enjoyed. Then suddenly came out with My Hero Academia, and it just hit big. People were people were talking about it. It just resonated with everyone, and you know you can totally see why. It's just got that energy that you just don't see a lot of. You can tell he pours a lot into the work. The characters, the story, the pacing, it's all just so well done. You know, I love his artwork as well. It's just fantastic. The way he tells the story, he doesn't drag it out. Things happen, you know, kind of, they feel natural as they should. It's just, they really get you pumped up. You can really feel the tension just reading it and watching it. The adaptation has been fantastic. You know, Studio Bones is really doing a great job. Speaking of Studio Bones, I'll move on to Bungo Stray Dogs, another Studio Bones series. Uh, this one's also based on a manga, which I actually haven't read this one, but you know, it's been fairly interesting. Each of the characters are based off of uh, writers from the past, so they each kind of take on quirks from you know, the various writers and things like that. So you have, like, Rampo, who is, you know, obviously a detective, and, you know, so on and so on. I'm not too familiar with the background. And, you know, I've been enjoying it to an extent. It's interesting seeing how the their powers play out and things like that. Anytime you have the ability to be kind of creative with powers like that, you know, I want to see how that works. So we've seen some interesting powers up until this point. This series is a, a comedy series, so, you know, it might not be for everyone. I've seen people talking about how the jug fell flat for them, and so on and so on. I've enjoyed the humor casually so far. I don't think it's anything to kind of go crazy over, but it's certainly not as kind of boring, and it doesn't fall as flat as I think. Uh, for me, it doesn't. It doesn't fall as flat as other people seem to think. Give the first episode a shot if the humor works for you. If not, you don't have to watch. <laughs> Continuing with comedy, next we'll talk about Sakamoto Desuka, which 
is one of my favorite short manga series. I own all the volumes in Japanese, and I've ordered the volumes in English. I don't think the fourth one's out yet, I'm not sure. Yeah, I've got them ordered slash pre-ordered. I love Sakamoto. If you haven't seen Sakamoto Desuga yet, you definitely should. You're in for a treat. It's a comedy series that features Sakamoto, who is a high school student, and he's essentially perfect, sort of. Basically, he does everything cool, cooler, and coolest, and he does everything with style and flair. Everything's over the top. The jokes are just on point, mostly kind of situational humor, things like that. The timing is just great. The comedic timing works so well. They've done a great job um, adapting it so far, uh, at least to my eye. As a fan of the manga, I've enjoyed the anime. Sakamoto gets away with doing various over-the-top crazy wacky things. He's constantly turning people who are initially set out against him, you know, on to his side by kind of roundabout helping them or teaching them a lesson or even if he doesn't mean to, he ends up doing it. Like typical kind of Japanese series set in schools, you have this like upper lower class relation like upper class lower class relationship and in one of the episodes one of the kind of upper classmen has decided they want to make Sakamoto into their butler. Now Sakamoto is obviously perfect at what he does and goes above and beyond and this goes to the upper classman's head. What does he do? Of course he tells, since Sakamoto does everything so perfectly, he decides, you know what, why do I have to give Sakamoto orders at all? And he tells him to start thinking for himself and predicting what he'll want. Well, leave it to Sakamoto to take that to the to the 11th, take it to the extreme, and do it entirely sincerely. While the guy's on the dump taking a shit and runs out of toilet paper, Sakamoto appears out of nowhere in the, in the stall with a roll of toilet paper on his arm. Later on, when the guy runs away and tries to hide from Sakamoto in the, what, the gym storage locker room, or whatever that is, he's, he's hiding away and kind of blocks the door. He looks over at the window, and he looks back, and Sakamoto has set up this, like, make, like, this hilariously makeshift, like, hotel room out of the stuff in the storage room, and it looks amazing. And he's just like, oh, so will you be staying here overnight? And he's, he's acting all butlerish, and it's just... I mean, I guess you'd have to watch it to kind of understand how cool, cooler and coolest Sakamoto really is. Next up is Kabaneri, which has been getting a lot of hype this season for being basically Attack on Titan 2.0, and also kind of the first Amazon Prime series. Sorry, the first series to stream on Amazon Prime. For those who aren't familiar, it's directed by the same guy, directed by the same director as Attack on Titan. And I'll just say this up front, I do not like Attack on Titan. I read the manga from the start, and it was interesting, it had potential at first, and then it just fell on its face, we'll say, plot, like, story and writing-wise. It just... I am not a fan of the character writing, the, the plot turn. I am just not a fan of what happened in that series whatsoever. So, I, I don't want to go on a rant on that, but yeah, I did not like it. 
Anyway, this is by the same director, and it's essentially as if the director said, you know, this is interesting and all, but I would write the story this way. And that's what Kabaneti of the Iron Fortress is. He essentially said, I can do Attack on Titan, but better this way. And somehow, he got to do it. And you know what, I'm kind of glad he did because so far it's better than Attack on Titan. We'll see how the story progresses, but it looks amazing. The characters are better and the plot at least seems to make sense so far. So I'm looking forward to it each week. It's not bad for everyone making the rightful comparisons to Attack on Titan. Let's give it some time to see if the plot and characters devolve into nonsense. You know, everyone's totally right to compare it to Attack on Titan so far, because it wears its uh, its inspiration on the sleeve. You know, it's totally obvious that it was inspired by Attack on Titan. We'll see how it progresses, uh, is what I'll say. And for the last two, we'll talk about this season's anime by Studio Trigger. We have Kiznaiver and Space Patrol Luluko. You know, I've enjoyed Trigger works in the past. Uh, I wouldn't call them, you know, masterpieces, but I've enjoyed them. I've especially enjoyed, you know, things like Little Watch Academia and Inferno Cop. Those are, those were, you know, pretty great. Kids Naiver and Space Patrol Luluko, you know, I look forward to anything Trigger puts out. Just kind of like, well, you know, if they've got if they've got good staff on them and it seems interesting, the premise seems interesting, then yeah, I'll of course check them out. I check most things out anyway, so it's not a big deal. Kiznaiver is written also by Mario Kata, same as The Lost Village, and it features uh, essentially kind of your hodgepodge cast of characters who end up sharing their pain through the Kizuna or Bond, and essentially it seems to be trying to tell some kind of story about how modern society is disconnected and all that and everyone wants to connect to each other so through these kind of Kizuna or the bonds that they share their pain and whatnot through these characters will deepen their relationship and blah blah blah. I've always enjoyed Studio Trigger's stylized animation. The characters are all interesting in terms of design so far and it's not exactly the most kind of catchy or interesting series, certainly, but I think it's it's worth checking out if you're a fan of Studio Trigger or Mario Kart or if you just want to try something out. The main character is kind of listless and, you know, each of the other characters have their kind of quirks. Um, they actually define them as the new Seven Deadly Sins and each character kind of exemplifies one of the new ones and that's how they actually characterize each of them. They've clearly shown some kind of backstory between our two protagonists anyway, so I'm kind of looking forward to what that is and how this all connects. I'm along for another of two of Mario Kart's Wild Rise this season, so what can you do? The second Studio Trigger series, Space Patrol Luluko, is a, it's a short form. It's kind of a typical short form trigger. If you want to take you or Inferno Cop or Ninja Slayer or any of those things, you kind of have a feel for what this is. And frankly, it's it's really good. I've been enjoying it. I love the ending song. Oh, crap, totally. Which reminds me, for Kiznaiver, the opening song by Boom Boom Satellites is amazing. 
I love it. It starts off and kind of sounds like the whole time, just like the song Take Me On, if you've ever heard it. If you haven't, go to YouTube and listen to it, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, totally. They sound, you know, very similar. <laughs> More than just similar, like, yeah. I almost thought it was Take Me On when it started playing. I was like, wait, what? Was, oh, wait, no, this is not the same thing. But still, I really like it. It's great. Anyway, back to Space Patrol Luzico. Also, the ending song for that is, is nice. It's kind of the short-form, crazy, wacky series about a small part of Tokyo that suddenly gets overrun by aliens. And the main girl is trying to be normal within it, but is anything but, and ends up joining the Space Patrol, which takes out bad aliens and does stuff and justice and like that. <laughs> she gets a suit and transforms her into a gun and she takes out bad guys and, and it's crazy and wacky and her mother is a uh, a space pirate obsessed with being free uh, who attempts to abduct the city yes, the city not anyone in it, the city the whole thing, and sell it on an auction site her father is also a member of the Space Patrol, and that's how she ends up joining, because right in the first little bit, he ends up accidentally eating a pill that freezes him for some reason, but we find out later that that was the mother's doing. And she brings him to the Space Patrol, and he kind of cracks open into pieces, and they just kind of tape him back together, and it's like, okay. And so she ends up joining Space Patrol in lieu of her father. The chief of the Space Patrol is just like Inferno Cop, if you know what that is. So it's kind of flaming skeleton, and he's obsessed with justice, and things like that. He makes her part of Space Patrol, and she goes to school and kind of cracks down on crime. And we've got a couple other characters who end up joining it. It's just short, wacky, studio-trigger fun. It's short enough that you can watch kind of anywhere. On the toilet, on your commute to work, well, I wouldn't recommend that unless you are, like, take the train or bus or whatever like I do. But, yeah, it's, it's short form, so it's easy to watch. No reason not to, basically. And finally, I'm going to talk about a show from last season. My anime of the year so far, hands down, is Shoagen no Kudakuro Shinju. Now, I, had, I hadn't actually read the manga before I started the anime, and this series came out of left field for me. I was just randomly not paying attention, and was just like, oh hey, what's this? Yeah, I'll watch it, whatever. And it just, it turned out, you know, the first episode was a, a compilation of two OVAs that had been released previously. So it was a 45-minute first episode, and I was like, what have I gotten myself into? After I finished it, I was just like, holy shit, that was amazing. I fell in love with it. Rakugo itself is, if you see it, it, it can be interesting if you understand what's going on, but the stories are kind of, they're old stories that have been told over and over, and it's, it's a, it's a storytelling entertainment form that kind of relies on each performer's unique way of telling a classic or traditional story. I obviously am not familiar with the stories, and I assume most people who are watching this aren't either, so you go into this not knowing and that's not a big deal. It's more of a character-driven drama anyway. This show was amazing. Hands down, the characters, the drama, the story, even the animation was well done. It was amazingly directed. For Studio Dean, this is a miracle series. Not even joking. That we got something, this relatively consistent animation quality, and this amazingly directed. 
There was actually a really great article on ANN about it that you should check out. It kind of explains the techniques behind presenting Rakugo, traditionally live storytelling art form, or form of entertainment art form, both of those things. And transitioning it to animation, it kind of details the different techniques used and talks about how it presents it, things like that. So it's super interesting. Give it a read. And maybe that'll convince you to watch it as well. Because you should. Because it's great. In kind of my mind, it's essentially like if Kids on the Slope had a better plot, this is what it would be like. It's a period piece, so it's set in the past. Maybe you're noticing I have a thing for series set either in the past or in the future where you can do interesting things. This is a this is a period piece, so it features our main cast in the 70s. Now, it transitions into a flashback, which lasts for essentially the remainder of the series until the final kind of episode of the first season, and that tells the story the the kind of the backstory of our master rakugo performer and his best friend and rival how that led to the situation in their modern day and that's why it's called showa which is the showa era that's when the backstory is mainly set the characters and the plot are all so uniquely developed and moving that you know i don't want to spoil anything for it if you haven't watched it it's getting a second season that'll likely adapt to the end of the the manga series as well absolutely worth checking out make sure you watch it before the next season it's just an amazingly well done anime and i wouldn't even say it's like a well done anime it's just good i don't need to qualify it with like it's a good anime no it's just good I can't say too, too much about it without giving away anything plot-wise. And I know it doesn't sound interesting kind of on paper. It's a story set in the past about Nakuro. Yeah, you know, I'm sure that does not sound like the most compelling series of the year so far, but, you know, it is. I'd say just take a leap of faith and watch that first 45-minute episode and you will not regret it. Even for the people who aren't familiar with Rakugo or maybe even for some reason you don't like Rakugo, it's still worth checking out. There's so much to like about this show. It's just so well done that it's hard not to recommend this kind of a slow burn of a story. It goes through this long backstory flashback, which takes up the majority of the show. You don't get to see the initial characters you're introduced to in the present, which is, you know, the past, of course, until the end of the season. But personally, I think that's amazingly well done because the next arc and the next season will go into the modern storyline. You're not, like, missing anything or something like that. But if that kind of slow character drama isn't for you, well, there's Kabaneti or any of the other more action-y series, if you can stand to sit through that. I won't begrudge you for it, but I am judging you. And that brings it into... Oh, wait, I totally forgot to talk about Flying Witch. Okay, so for this season, there's also Flying Witch. Now, I've read the manga, I've uh, been following it for a since basically the first volume and it's kind of Yotsubato with witches it's this kind of slow slice of life um, comedy and it's just 
it's my weekly healing time. It's cute, it's funny, it's enjoyable. Just, you can sit back and just enjoy how adorable it is. If you like Yotsubato, then definitely check out Flying Witch. And now we're done talking about the current season. If I've actually missed anything, then, you know, feel free to ask me and I'll tell you what I think. You know, I'm watching a lot of things. Obviously, I don't have time to talk about them all. So, if there's anything like you're super excited about and you want to know, then just ask. Moving away from anime, I'll talk about games for a little while. Um, this week, my friends and I had a gaming session and we played uh, Sheriff of Nottingham. Now, if you haven't played it, it's a tabletop game that involves attempting to bribe or otherwise influence the Sheriff of Nottingham to let you, the other people as merchants, bring in goods into the city. It's super fun. Each player gets a few turns as the sheriff, and you get to attempt to bribe them or not to let your goods through as a merchant. Since I'm in Japan, you know, I play with my friends via tabletop sim, and we use Hangouts to talk to each other through that um, while we're playing. <laughs> this game can get crazy fun because obviously you know you're trying to bribe the current sheriff to let your goods through so you can bring them in and get points and the sheriff is trying to either weigh the option of do I check the contents of your bag and risk having to pay you a fee if you're telling the truth or do I check and assume you're lying to me and trying to smuggle stuff in and then you'll have to owe me. Or is it worth taking the money you've put out in front of me to uh, just look the other way? And things can get crazy. You know, I play with a group of friends. We, we play a bunch of various games. Sometimes grudges carry over into different games. You'll get the occasional sheriff who remembers something you did to them in a previous game, maybe, and uh, decides to be a hard ass or things like that, or decides, you know what, I just do not want to help you at all, or I won't let you do anything, and, and it really creates kind of a fun situation. We ended up playing uh, a few rounds of that, and we actually had another session a few days later and played Carcassonne, and that was a ton of fun as well. Each week, me and a couple friends get together online and play a bunch of tabletop games. You know, it varies from week to week. We have a bunch of games we've been playing. We try and rotate them in and out. You know, Sheriff of Nottingham, Carcassonne, King of New York. We want to try Secret Hitler, but we haven't gotten the numbers for it. And it's it's a blast. It's, all, it's always a blast. We get to play a variety of games thanks to Tabletop Sim. People have created mods that include almost any tabletop game you can think of and you can play them uh, at no extra cost within the simulator. If you like tabletop games though you know even if you don't have you know a group of friends who play tabletop games that often you can actually join other people's servers on there. I've never done it we've never invited anyone kind of random but you know I'm sure you could try if you just want to try out a bunch of different games and you don't mind playing with people you're, you don't know. This weekend was the Overwatch open beta. I play. I played a couple hours yesterday and the day before. I played a little bit every day. Yesterday I actually played several hours with Vale. He and I were playing a bunch. He plays Zarya kind of most of the time and I switched around. This kind of game I don't like playing myself, by myself. It's not as fun, just PvP back and forth. It gets boring, especially with pugs. You know, eventually you're just like, ugh, if I'm not playing with a group of friends, it's just not worth my time. Getting to play with Vale yesterday was, was a lot of fun.
I'm still considering whether or not to order it. You know, I might if I can get a group of people that I'll play with, but, you know, we'll see. Speaking of Vale, I'll probably bring him on the podcast as a co-host in one of the next episodes, so that'll be cool. And I noticed there's two other kind of betas going on, Dreadnought and Elder Scrolls Legends. You know, I tried to sign up for both closed betas, got into neither of them, of course, but love to try them out. Dreadnought is this kind of PvP, big spaceship battles, and I figure I'd tire of that PvP non-stop type thing without a group, again, just like Overwatch, but big spaceships battling it sounds awesome and I want to at least try it but whatever didn't get in watched some videos on it seemed interesting then there's Elder Scrolls Legends and you know I'm a I'm a big fan of the Elder Scrolls and the lore and things like that and you know I play Hearthstone but and it was never huge on Warcraft. Hearthstone for me was more just, it's an easy to get into, an easy to play and learn card game, but it gets kind of boring when you don't have enough cards or, and I'm just not super interested in the actual lore of the cards themselves. So Elder Scrolls Legends coming out for me is a huge like, yes, this is the TCG that I'm going to try. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully I'll get a chance to try it out. Who knows? You know, whatever. If I don't, then I'll still try it when it comes out. That'll be fun. And that's it for the first episode of Docupied, the intellectual podcast for the chosen ones. I've been your host, Doc Pei. I'd like to thank everyone who actually managed to listen to this. If you want to hear more, you know, please follow me on SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Hummingbird, you know, all the accounts. Uh, go to docpay.com and there's links to all my various things there for you to check out. Don't forget to leave me feedback. You know, th- these first couple episodes I'm treating as kind of a beta of sorts. So I want to know what you thought, what you want to hear. Tell me what you think. So leave me a message on SoundCloud, Twitter, whatever. I'll check them out. I want to try and make these things interesting for people, not just me rambling for, you know, 30 minutes. You know, that might be okay, but since it's just me for some of the episodes, I want to make sure people don't, you know, tire of me talking to them, since that's the whole point of a podcast. I've got several great guest co-hosts planned for the next few episodes, so keep an eye out on my SoundCloud and Twitter for those, and I'll catch you all next time. Thanks for listening.